All right, I'm going to invite Matt Carr up here. Matt's going <clears> to <throat> talk to us about discipleship, and we await what he has to say. Lord, please open our hearts to be attuned to uh, the call that you have to be your disciples. Amen. Thanks, Brad. I was uh, I think this is appropriate to start with. I, I was listening to a sermon by Chris Vallotton. Does anybody do people know who Chris Vallotton is? Anybody? Rachel does. Where's Kevin Bailey? Kevin is Kevin upstairs? He he knows who Chris Vallotton is. So Chris is um, one of the pastors at Bethel out in Redding, California. And, uh, you know, what's, what's music? We, we sing some Bethel music. Like, what's, like, what's a popular Bethel song? I don't, I don't know. No longer slaves, you know. Uh, anyway, that music comes out of the... But I was listening to this. So anyway, he started, and I, I thought I would... I, I just thought this was great. Has anybody... Uh, have you guys seen the movie The Incredibles? Has anybody seen that? We've seen it a lot. Uh, came out in 2004. Our kids have all watched it. So this is, you know, Wikipedia on The Incredibles because Wikipedia knows everything about everything. The Incredibles is a 2004 American computer animated superhero film Written and directed by Brad Bird, uh, produced by Pixar Animation, released by Walt Disney. And the film follows a family of superheroes who are forced to hide their powers and live a quiet suburban life. Mr. Incredible's desire to help people draws the entire family into a battle with Syndrome. Syndrome, you remember? anyway, who's a former fan who now plots to wipe out all superheroes with his killer robot. I, I actually think that's a f fantastic sort of deconstruction of the Christian story and representation of it. <laughs> if you think about that, right? The Incredibles. These people with superhero powers, but they're forced to hide them. But we're called out of ourselves. You, you know the kingdom of God, Scripture says, is is like leaven that's take and kneaded into the whole batch until the whole thing's leavenized, <laughs> leavened. That's what the kingdom of God is like. And the kingdom of God has been planted in you all, Jesus in you. And you're called to be that leaven in the world so that it rises. You guys are like superheroes who've had to hide your powers. But you're called into this battle. What does Jesus say, right? If you're going to plunder the house of a strong man, what do you do? You tie up the strong man first, and then you plunder his house. Who's the strong man? 
the devil. What has Jesus done? Jesus has come into this world to plunder his house. Now he's put that power in you and me. I don't know why this is his plan. I didn't make the plan. I probably would have had a different plan. I'm going to put that power in you guys, the likes of you, so that you can be my people who bring about my kingdom in this world. I've met... Have you met me? My life? I don't know why, but that's his plan. So the Incredibles here is just like an incredible deconstruction of the Christian story and representation in modern terms. And, but this is, this is our life. You guys have the power of the Spirit planted in you so that you can bear abundant fruit. I'll get back to that. This morning I want to talk about discipleship briefly. I got a timer on here. It's going to go off five minutes before I'm done. So whatever happens, we'll get to whatever we get to in the next 12 or 13 minutes, and then we'll have five minutes after that. Um, We are committed in the heart of the Redeemer community, an SPO, to disciple formation. This is actually the heart of what brought us all together. If you're, if you're coming and you're committed, we want to get everybody in our formation process. We ask people to sign up and commit to that. And part of discipleship, when we're, we're in that, we want to get to the heart of asking a couple questions. Why do people do the things that they do? Why do you do what you do? Whatever it might be. Behave in the way that you behave. Go about things in your life that you do. Because discipleship is about looking at the things that we do and aligning them so that they become, we become people who do the things that Jesus does. And so another key question is, what motivates someone to make lasting change in their life. Say you know someone in your life, in yourself, who's doing things that are contrary to what Jesus does. They're contrary to saying what he would say. They're contrary to behaving how he would behave. They've got sin in their life. I mean, this isn't just outside of us, is it? Come live around my family for a while. Me for a while. And if you love that person, you would say, how can we go about helping them to live in a new way? To become a new person. To have a new heart. How can I personally help them along that way. This is, these are questions that for those of us who are wanting to be disciples in the call to make disciples, we, we have to ask ourselves. Our goal here in discipleship is about a personal life and heart transformation. 
we want to become like Jesus in our heart and life. I don't want you all just to become like whitewashed tombs, like on the outside we're performing all the perfunctory duties that we know Christians are supposed to perform, but inside we're not really following Jesus. We're not really giving him our heart. The heart... (laughs) In our house... If you have kids, this is, this is a good point. Like Jesus in Luke 6, I'm not going to read it, but it's the story of the, you know, the, a tree that, that bears good fruit. And, it, and it's out of the heart that the mouth speaks. It's out of our heart that actions come. You guys know that. But I think a lot of times, at least in our house, we don't always believe that. Like, let me give you an example. Last night, we're getting ready to have, we had done Lord's Day, the kids, and Jen and I are deciding what we're going to do for family life, and our kids are cleaning the kitchen as we're, like, preparing to, like, watch a movie. Not The Incredibles. Kung Fu Panda. That's a good one, too. And so... um, we're talking, but our children are bickering as they do the dishes. And one of, our, one of our children is washing the dishes, but not to the level that my other child thinks they need to be done. So she's handing them to her and saying, you need to put these away. And she's handing them back to her and saying, you need to wash them better. Not in such kind terms. They're like yelling. And so then when we talk to them about this, you know, it's like, why are you shouting at your sister? Well, did she say, well, did she look inside and say, it's out of, you know, it's out of my heart. You know, I'm angry. No, no, no. No, why? Why was she shouting at her sister? Because her sister, it was outside of her, right? Her sister wasn't washing the dishes correctly. Therefore, she was yelling in anger at her. It's out of the heart. This is discipleship. We want to get to that level, and we want to transform that level in our hearts. We live out of our heart. Jesus is pointing that out in Luke 6. My words, my behavior doesn't, isn't the factor of outside circumstances, but it comes from within. The heart is like the causal core of our personhood. There's lots of words in Scripture. Your mind, your emotions, you know, um, your spirit, your soul, will. It all adds up into this one big word called the heart. You know the most dangerous thing in your life? Is your heart. It's not outside of you. It's inside of you. And Jesus wants to get to that level because he's in the business of life and heart change. New hearts. Because when we get new hearts, everything changes. Our behavior, our actions, all that stuff. We don't want you just to be acquainted in our discipleship with the knowledge of God or understanding how to do um, you know, ministry well. It's not just aimed at your mind or your behavior. It's aimed at your heart. We can change behavior 
But if the heart doesn't change, that behavior is going to go back to how it was before. This is what discipleship is out. And this is really the heart of membership and the heart of the Redeemer community is we are about ongoing discipleship in our lives. We want to get closer and closer to Jesus. We're concerned with your relationship with Jesus and being in community and being in service and being on mission. We're stewards in some way of what the Lord has given to us. And we take really seriously here the task of discipleship. Following the gospel, following Jesus in your life is not a task that should be taken lightly. Our formation curriculum, its delivery system, is all part of what we do. We want to provide instruction on the basics of Catholic and Christian life, on belief, mission. We're, we're really concerned to provide resources for all of us to grow in our faith. We have a lot of people involved in teaching and small group leadership as pastoral workers, but our primary concern here is we want each of you to grow in maturity as disciples of Jesus. If we do discipleship well, we as a body will mature, and young believers will develop and they will honor God in their life. I'm amazed. I, I'm, I'm involved in the work of mission with SPO all the time in this community. I, how much time some folks spend. I mean, just look at your own libraries. I'm just talking about some of the young men that I'm involved with. And how many like business books we'll read to get good at ministry. I mean, it's cool. I think it's great. I, I have a lot. I was counting. I have many more business books than I have like Christian books in my Kindle library. And we're going to study and we're going to apply that information. But how much are we going and learning from Jesus? How involved in Scripture are you? Studying His ways. I mean, the whole kind of word, He's coming to wake His church up. We might not even see it. But we're called to be purveyors of that hope. Act like people who know he's on his way. That was part of the word. I mean, if we don't act like people who know he's on his way, who's going to act like people who know he's on his way? Is there a ton of hope out there that Jesus is coming and things are going to be good and he can save you and your heart and everything that's going on in your life, he's got an answer for that? If we don't believe it, who's going to believe it? No one. And when it looks like crap, we're called to believe it even more. Hey, I have hope for you. It's easy not to. I mean, Jesus didn't look like Jesus, right? He just looked like another human being. The Word of God doesn't really look like the Word of God. It's like words in any other book. But we believe it's the Word of God. In order to become a disciple, some people think that it's just by hearing all these teachings about what you need, these habits you need to have in your life. 
But you don't develop habits by hearing. I think that's an important thing. But you develop habits by doing. So habits that are leading to Christian maturity have to be practiced in order for the disciple to develop in his life. I mean, you can know all there is to know about prayer, but if you don't pray, you're not going to develop. Okay, got five minutes. I'm still in my introduction. This is good. I got more than five minutes. So our formation process, the teaching, the pastoral care, the small groups, these all go together to work in a coordinated way to help to develop habits. So you hear about it, you talk about it, you practice it, you have somebody who hopefully is a mentor in your life so that you can develop in maturity. I don't know if it's the best process in formation, but I think it's a serviceable formation process, discipleship-making process, if we do it. I'm not looking for the best. I'm looking for serviceable. It's serviceable. Our goal in community is to, is to create these environments and culture and houses and homes where discipleship and disciple-making are core values. My experience is that a lot of times there's a difference between what's said and what's done. I'm not, just, I'm not just talking about here, but in a lot of churches. Our whole community is based on participation in a discipleship formation program. We want you to grow in maturity. A couple points here. Elementary understanding of the gospel is not good enough. We have to go beyond that. We have to go beyond that. We want our process of making disciples simple, but we don't want it to be simplistic. Our goal in our discipleship program isn't just come to these meetings, pray this prayer, attend this retreat, do the bundle, give us this amount of money, serve in this area. So that the gospel, in some sense, gets reduced to a bunch of to-dos of which you just check off the box. Did I get my quiet time in? Yep. Did I come? I mean, if that's what it becomes for you, then we really need to sit down and think about it. Because it isn't just about that. All those things are meant to lead to life change, to heart change, to becoming his disciples, to listening to him, and to becoming attentive to him. So we want our process to be simple, but not just elementary. We want to get to real life change. How are we dealing with our emotions? How are we, how are we doing in loving our families? How are we doing in serving Jesus? Are we following him? Are we listening to his heart? Second, in discipleship here, our clear goal is to make disciples. This is the central command of Jesus, his commission, Matthew 28. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We want, as a body, to obey that commission. 
We're all prone to wander in our life, but we want to help people from a decision for Christ, for a decision for, to formation, to applying it in the daily habits and practices of life. We should be spending time planning our spiritual life in the same way that we would calendar other activities. I'm up Monday through Friday, most mornings between 5 and 5.30 to take prayer time. On the weekends, around 7. Our kids learn more by what we do than what we say. Those that we're trying to disciple are going to learn a lot more by what we do than what we say. So making disciples is the heart of who we are. We have a plan for discipleship, right? We have a progression to follow. We have a whole set of courses and scope and sequence to those things. We want people to do that. We want you to be part of it, and we want to equip you to help raise up other disciples. Third, and this is important, the Holy Spirit is the cause of our spiritual growth. We can do these things, but the Holy Spirit has to give growth. See, if our community is going to grow and spread, we're going to do it the scriptural way. The way of the early church. We want to spend time and we want to spend energy working out, in Paul's words, our salvation. Becoming acquainted with Jesus, spending time with him, doing what we see him doing, loving like we see him loving. We want, don't want to do all the externals of formation and, the, and be process rich, but be spiritually bankrupt. The Holy Spirit is the one who imbibes this life and heart. Our community, our outreaches are going to be built not on great strategy and scheming, but on the shoulders of men and women who are his disciples and know him and love him. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have strategy. I'm all into that. I think we need to have all that. But we want to be built on God, we got people who are following Jesus and they're letting other people know and they're bringing him in. Last point here. We are in our discipleship program big into decentralizing discipleship. I mean, we're a whole lay movement. Vatican II, the Second Vatican Council, called the church and reminded the church, especially the laity, of the universal call to be a disciple, holiness, and the universal call to be a disciple maker, mission. This is us, and this isn't just the role of the church. The role of the church is to release this grace so that the laity can be involved in it. In other words, everybody gets to play. You all get to play. You guys are disciples, and you are disciple makers. We want to equip you for the work and ministry that the Lord has for you. 
God didn't design things to just rest in the hands of a few people so that you, we can all come together just to receive. We're here to really equip you. He called disciples to himself and set them off to make disciples. You know, Matthew, I mean, we could go through the whole list. He sends the 12, he sends the 72, he commissions everybody in the Matthew 20, 28. Come, go. Here, you guys go out. You do it. Every one of us has a call to be a disciple and to be a disciple maker. Our inheritance in the Pentecostal charismatic renewal in the Catholic Church helps helped us in our understanding of this universal call to mission and to discipleship. Each one of us has a call to be a disciple and disciple maker. In other words, we are called, this is crazy, to build the church. In this book, Christian Initiation and Baptism of the Holy Spirit by Father Killian McDonald, who's a Benedictine, Father George Montague, who's another priest, Society of Mary. They say this, they say, long before the Spirit was a theme of doctrine. He was, in fact, the experience of the community. Second, they say this, no more certain statement can be made of the, of the Christians of the first generation than this. They believe themselves to be living under the immediate government of the Spirit. Do you believe yourself to be living under the immediate government of the Spirit. Hopefully, you're going to relate real well to people like Ignatius of Antioch and Polycarp and John and James and those dudes. See, the Spirit's been given to each of you. Back to the incredible story. It's hidden in you. It's latent. And God's uniquely positioning you for his ministry. There will be people that come to know Jesus if you say yes to him that would never come to know him. You're going to know it at the end. This isn't meant to be latent. It's meant to be active and be brought out into real action and energy. Just to kind of finish here, I'll end with this quote, if I can find it. Conclusions. Here we go. It says this. They're talking about the charisms that are given to everybody in the early church. They just expected them. In all cases, the charismatic empowerment is destined not for personal fanfare, but for the building up of the church and evangelization. I'm, I'm, talking, to, I'm talking to all of us but particularly those of you who may not be experiencing charisms. Charisms were given, and they're given to everybody, and that should be the expectation. They're given to you for the building up of the church and for evangelization. The charismatic dimension of the Spirit's life is therefore crucial to the survival and the growth of the church. Crucial. The gifts are not toys. They are tools. 
They are not optional accessories, but part of the church's essential equipment for its upbuilding. And every one of the baptized has received a charismatic grace to be ministered to the community. The role, listen to this, the role of the authority-bearing offices in the church is, among other things, to call forth, to facilitate, and to coordinate the church-building power present by divine gift in every baptized Christian. That's what we're about. Not to be on the sidelines. I'm going to have to save the rest of this for some other time. But just to, I have like these attributes of what it means to be a Christian that have come from the Protestant world, but I think they're like really effective and we could think about it, but we'll have to get to that next time. But for this time, I just want us to really understand and be rooted in this reality. We are here to be a disciple making community. We want you to grow in discipleship and we want to grow your latent gifts in you so that you can be part of the upbuilding, the disciple making that the church has called you to. Amen? I'll turn it back over to Brett. Thank you, Matt. What a gift. What a gift. Amen? What a gift. There's the Lord's invitation, brothers and sisters. Don't say you haven't heard it. Okay? There it is. Let's go forward in confidence. The Lord has called us to be his disciples. And the Lord is calling us to be disciple makers. Simple. That's it. Don't question it. That's what the Lord has. Amen.